Welcome to a special edition Villanova basketball recap episode of the Did You Hear podcast. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, the game we have been most looking forward to all season long was incredibly disappointing. Creighton demolished Villanova at home. Creighton did to Villanova exactly what Villanova did to Marquette earlier this week. (laughs) I mean, just what a shooting performance from the Blue Jays, and it shows why they are really, really dangerous, and while Villanova has looked very good this season, the Big East is far from a fait accompli, especially come Big East tournament time. This is going to be a huge race, and uh, there are some good teams in this conference, Creighton towards the top of it. Yeah, and... Pat and I were literally just talking before we recorded about the way COVID has just ravaged the season and with the scheduling issues. Of course, Nova has to play Seton Hall twice, and they have to play Creighton twice and St. John's twice, but this was a 16-point game, 86-70 being the final score, Mm -hmm. and there were times when I don't know if I've ever seen Villanova down that many points and feeling that helpless watching this team play. It, it wasn't even that close with the the 16-point loss. Honestly, the last time I think they looked this overmatched was against Purdue in the tournament. Uh, yeah, couple, that's a, a great point. A couple when years Carson ago. When Carson Edwards was just yep. draining every single shot he took, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was that type of performance with it where, where Villanova just, they couldn't keep up. I mean, Creighton made just an unbelievable percentage of their shots they finished at 59 percent. they shot 46 percent from three as you brought up what we were talking before they were into the 70s in the second half which is just insane uh just uh as i said phenomenal isn't even (laughs) it doesn't even encompass how well uh creighton played it's historical i think it's historical and i think we both agree that we, we aren't coming away from this game absolutely furious because mm-hmm. when Creighton's playing that well, what is an opposing team supposed to do? And when Mitch Ballack is able to hit threes from that deep and when Marcus Zagorowski is blowing by you that quickly, I was actually thinking about you during the game, Pat. We call the game Villanova Creighton last season when Mitch Ballack hit that yeah, wasn't corner pretty. three, yes. that inbound. I mean, he was doing things bigger and better than that, and he has one of the best three-point shots I've ever seen. I love, I love Ballack. I, I think he's just such a good player for them. As you said, they have so many shooters. Zegarowski, so obviously one of the favorites for Big East Player of the Year, hasn't been great this no. season, has really struggled to get in a groove. Uh, he's he decided, yeah, he decided to really come out of his shell here against Villanova. Was fantastic. Only made three threes, which is you know you wouldn't expect from from Zagorowski because it felt like everything he shot went in. But what he did is he tortured Villanova in the paint and just the the blow bys his drives. He had the you know the reverse layup in the first half. Uh, he he destroyed Nova and they they really struggled with his quickness. Yeah, I viewed this as a must-win game for Creighton, and they played exactly like it was. They now sit at 16-5. and five. They're 12-4 and four in the conference. Mm-hmm. They're sitting behind Nova in second place now. But in terms of the national rankings, they're, they're 19th overall. I think if they had dropped this one, their chances to compete in the Elite Eight, the Final Four even, would have really dwindled. And for them to come out and play like they did at home with those fans too I think they proved that this Hmm. is their best and if they can play like this in the tournament not a lot of teams are want to are going to want to go up against them 
they're dangerous. They're yeah. a team I would absolutely not want to play, knowing how hot that they can get, especially shooting the ball. Uh, as you said, you know, we're talking about how wacky this season is for COVID. You know, they're able to have fans. Uh, it's only 10%, but that's 1,800 more fans than Villanova's played in front of yeah. all year. And, and you heard them. It makes Jeez. a difference. So yeah. it, it's kind of crazy that things aren't uniform across you know, all of college basketball, but that's how it is. And Creighton's got that home court advantage and they absolutely used it today. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the nitty gritty. So something Mm -hmm. I was really looking forward to going into this game was the pace and Creighton is go, 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 exploit teams on their transition defense, get to the basket. And Villanova is, Hmm. you probably have the number we've talked about it before on their, their Kempom about, uh, how slowly yeah tempo and how slowly they take the ball and how far it gets into the shot clock Creighton won that battle Creighton won that batter they kept Villanova on their heels the entire game and I was I couldn't believe how quickly Zagorowski even guys like Christian Bishop and Damian Jefferson were able to blow by guards like Gillespie and Moore who have never looked that lost on defense before no, so it, it really was an impressive showing there with Tempo. And Creighton did exactly what they do. They're known for that Greg McDermott offense to run really fast. They're just for for reference, their average possession length puts them at 41st in the country. Villanova is at 300th wow. in the country. Yeah. So they play, Nova plays a very slow game. Nova's a very good offensive team, but they're very efficient. They're not looking to push the pace. They're not looking to exploit teams in, in transition. That's exactly what Creighton's doing. It's what they love to do, and they really took advantage in Villanova in this game. And you know what? I do want to point out a red flag here. Now you look at it, two out of Villanova's three losses this season are against teams that really love to push the pace. St. John's was at, I believe, 14th in the country in average possession length, and we know how intense they are in defense. So I do think it's a little bit of a weakness here for Villanova is that they struggle with teams that want to play those track meet type games because that's just that's not how Nova plays. And if you think about how many other teams on the the big level play like that, Gonzaga, Baylor, Gonzaga, Baylor, exactly, Texas yeah. Tech. Like, I'm thinking about pretty much every team besides Virginia pushes the pace like that. Illinois, Ohio State's really yeah. good offensively. Alabama's having a crazy year. They're, they're, a lot of the top teams are very fast on offense, and that's that's a great point. Villanova's been has been great at being slow for a very long time, but they are absolutely susceptible. To, uh, to giving up a ton of points against teams that can shoot the ball with a ton of volume, and that's what you saw today. Yeah, and, and Creighton is never going to have numbers like this again. Probably that's, not. Like, never, but the thing is, if Villanova can't make the shots, there how many baskets did you see rim out? It was unbelievable yes. at the end. But they had possessions where they shot themselves in the front. They only had seven turnovers, the team which I was surprised about because when you lose by that much and when you look so sloppy, I expected it to be more. But this offensive rebound battle was what I really wanted to talk about. Villanova had 13 offensive rebounds. Creighton had five. You would think this would have been a 16-point difference in the other direction towards Villanova by winning that battle. I think they had six offensive rebounds. or, Or no, it was nine offensive rebounds in the first six minutes, and then four from then on. They when you have a, that yeah. much of a discrepancy, it's hard to to get past that. 
they had a lot of second chance opportunities. They didn't convert on a lot of those chances, which was really tough. And then with Creighton, while they didn't get the offensive rebounds, they didn't have to because they wouldn't miss. And that's a big thing that I do want to point out from today is, yes, we're going to talk about how great Creighton was and how basically everything they shot went in. The defense was incredibly poor from Villanova Mm -hmm. today. It it just was. I mean, how many shots do you look back at from Creighton and be like, oh, wow, that was a crazy contested shot. He shot that through a double team. He worked really hard for that. There weren't a lot. Creighton got so many good looks today. And yes, a part of that is that they are so strong on offense. Their movement is, is so good. They're really intertwined. Their screen game, especially off-ball screens, yeah. is, might be top five in the country. I was just watching that and in awe of how well they move off of each other. But Villanova did not cover themselves in glory here on defense, and that really helped Creighton further exploit what was just an incredible shooting day. And people are always going to talk about Creighton's offense. That's what mm-hmm. they're known for, but their defense was strong. Yeah. Their man-to-man defense, they absolutely stifled Villanova. And remind me to to bring this back up after I say this, because I wanted to talk about how similar these two teams actually are. But I think Villanova has come to a point where it's so obsessed with slowing the tempo down that there were times where they missed the look. How many times could Caleb Daniels have cut or Jeremiah Robinson Earl could have cut to the basket and they didn't make those passes, and instead they're forced to throwing up a, mm-hmm. a last-ditch three with three seconds left in the shot clock. I think there could have been more paint movement because Christian Bishop was their biggest guy yep. who got serious minutes, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl might have been able to, to push him around a little bit in the post, but he didn't really even get the chance. Sure, so you bring up two things that I definitely wanted to, to reference. One on Bishop, 16 points. Six of seven from the field. It's something we've brought up uh, a lot this season, and it sh- it reared its ugly head again. We're talking about defense. Villanova has an interior defense problem. They do. They really struggle around the rim. Uh, and I honestly think they are missing Demir Cosby Roundtree. He doesn't yeah, give a them point. a lot on offense, but defensively he is a big guy that can protect the rim, that can make shots difficult. And as we talked about before, Zegarowski got to the rim at will. Bishop really dominated on pick and roll, getting to the rim. They threw a couple alley-oops to him. Robinson Earl is just, he's a strong rebounder, but he's not, he won't impose himself on defense. And you're seeing it more and more as teams are starting to exploit Villanova underneath the basket as they really lack that that big presence down low. And then the other thing, as you bring up Robinson Earl, I'll lump Gillespie into that too. Both of them no-showed today. Yeah. And Villanova's just not going to win games when their two best players do not show up. Gillespie shot through 3 of 12. Robinson Earl, 3 of 13. They both t- ended up with 8 points. They played terrible. Like, there, there's no there's no sugarcoating it. They were awful today. I, yeah. I think Villanova's two best players really were the guys that scored the most. It was Justin Moore was the only guy creating shots for himself. No one else was able to create any space, finished with 21. And I thought Jermaine Samuels had another very strong all-around game, even finished with 16 points on 60% shooting. But mm-hmm. when Gillespie and Robinson Earl are that bad as your top two players, it's add that into the defensive problems, add that into Creighton not missing... It, I don't, as you said, I don't leave this game angry, but I definitely leave this game thinking there are some red flags that Villanova needs to correct. Yeah, I actually think Moore and Samuels played excellent games. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate because Villanova is going to really have to make a push to beat Gonzaga and Baylor when it comes down to it. 
But Robinson Earl and Gillespie might have just thrown away their chances at best players at their respective positions. That was such a that, poor game for them. That both. was something I took away. Like Robinson Earl has been struggling lately. He stepped up against Marquette, but the, the, the past couple games that I'm thinking about, he's been struggling, and the mid-range shot hasn't been falling. He hasn't been able to get going around the rim, and it's taking a toll on this team. It's, it's really frustrating having the game that Robinson Earl just had against Marquette where right. he shot, I believe, 93%. Not like not an exaggeration uh, against the Golden Eagles to go into this game and just look completely lost on offense. And as you said, that, that mid-range jumper is not falling for him right now. It did against Marquette. Everything fell against Marquette. But tonight, it, it didn't happen. And he didn't get to the rim too much either, which is going to be a real problem. Uh, Slater had a pretty good game off the bench. You know, I love to see that. Offensively. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love to see that. Uh, this was never going to be a Cole Swider game just no, because of struggled. how, Jeez. yeah, just because of how good Creighton is on offense. You, you can't really play him very much, uh, cause you, you knew that was going to be a struggle defensively, but he also did not impose himself on offense at all. Glad to see Slater be able to come up with those 11 points. Yes. Some of it was absolutely in garbage time. Um, but he played well. He got in Zagorowski's face when he was guarding him. You know, I love Slater, but, mm-hmm. uh just and they talked about it on the fox broadcast villanova does have a little bit of a depth problem i mean Mm -hmm. i we've talked about it swider so up and down slater i love defensively how much does he bring offensively antoine got a couple minutes again today after marquette all in garbage time dixon didn't even get into the game yeah it's uh it's if those if the five guys aren't performing and as i said if gillespie and robinson are all aren't performing nova can get in trouble very quickly do we think Dixon was an experience, an inexperience sit? Because yes, he, there were times when I thought Wright has used him as a big body in the presence before, and I was a little surprised that he didn't at least see one sub in. I get that it's <clears throat> against this high-powered Creighton offense, but I was surprised that Dixon didn't see at least one spot in there. To try and change things up before things got really out of hand, I agree with you, and I would have yeah. just put him in. And, and Again, before you have to really start putting points together. Yeah. But at the beginning, yeah. No, for sure, but I do think that Wright just thought this is a massive game against a battle-tested mm-hmm. uh, Big East team on the road, so I'm going to try and shield him. Yeah. I would have thrown the game plan out a little bit as Creighton <laughs> wouldn't miss, but that's uh, that's how it kind of went. Yeah, so... so- Biggest takeaway, Creighton wouldn't miss. And this is, I think, actually a good ending point, too. Creighton might never shoot this well again, but that doesn't mean that teams are going to want to play them. And mm-hmm. the reason they won't is because they're actually so similar to Villanova to me. Certainly. And it really struck me in this game because we saw Gillespie coming off of ball screens to shade to Balak because Balak cannot shoot the three. They cannot let Balak shoot the three because we saw what he was able to do. And it honestly doesn't even matter because Balak's able to hit ridiculously contested shots. But when you try and eliminate him and when you try and eliminate Zagorowski, then you leave guys like Bishop and guys like Jefferson open. Jefferson had 10 points. Bishop was six for seven from the field with 16 points. They have so many weapons that can mm-hmm. perform. And that's usually what we're saying about Villanova. That's usually what we're saying with, if you can eliminate Robinson Earl and Gillespie, then you, you kind of bite the bullet and let Samuel shoot. And he sure as hell has been shooting lately. But I was struck by that because this is really a similar game plan for opposing teams to go into both Villanova matchups and Creighton matchups. And a lot of 
of players are performing on Creighton. I saw a stat right before this game. All 10 starters in this game are averaging double digits. <laughs> you're not yeah. going to see that very often. No, you're basketball. not. Yeah. You're, you're really not. And uh, honestly, th- there's not much for me to say on that other than I agree. They are very, they're very similar. They they are what Villanova tries to do, except they push the tempo 10 times faster. Exactly. That's Villanova a good does. point. Yeah. So that that's how I look at the Blue Jays. Balak is a better three-point shooter than anybody Villanova Anyone. has. Anyone. And, and Zagorowski probably is, too. Is not, better, probably, better not probably. Not yeah. probably. Zagorowski is He's uh, just more athletic well. than yeah. Gillespie. That's really what the edge is. But yes. again, if we can take one positive away, it's that Justin Moore really is the unspoken hero of almost every single one of these games. And if Jermaine Samuels continues to shoot like this, Villanova just might have a chance. <laughs> uh, the way Samuels has been playing of late, I think is the biggest positive here from Villanova is that they are getting a ton of scoring from him and some really solid all-around play after what was not a great start to the season so I I think you have to be very happy with what you've seen from Jermaine but otherwise a a rather dreary night in Omaha yeah and unfortunately it doesn't get much easier five games left on the schedule as we mentioned earlier and they are not gimmies at all uh versus UConn versus St. John's at Butler at home versus Creighton which will be nice and then finishing out the season at Providence which as we saw in the first matchup in that first half, isn't a gimme either. No, they get one easy game. Butler's bad this yeah, year. Yeah, Butler's Just bad. Bu- right. Butler's bad. Uh, but, you know, UConn could have book night back. Very strange that it's seven days in between games, especially with the mm-hmm. fact that Villanova went 27 days without it, had a bunch of cancellations. I think it's kind of crazy that there's not a game scheduled yet uh, for this week. Maybe there will be, and maybe we'll be doing a recap in the middle of the week because it just <laughs> seems to make too much sense that Villanova should be playing a game during I the week. I agree with you. But we'll see what happens. As we, as you said, we know St. John's is tough. Creighton, we just saw how good they are. And at Providence, it's never easy to go into the dunk and win. Uh, but one of the biggest takeaways I get from this is we are getting close to that Big East tournament. We're under oh a month God. from I the March to the Garden. I can't believe it. When I saw that date today, today is February yeah. 13th, the March... It starts March 10th, yes, Big it does. East Tournament. We're yeah. almost there. I That's think we're, we are a month to the day of the Big East title game. Okay. Man, it's coming down to it. And we expected to have, what, two or three games a week? Or maybe even three or four? And there have definitely been a less quantity of games than we than we anticipated. Yeah, I thought they'd reschedule the games, good. but they haven't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, still plenty of good games down the stretch here. Uh, but a, a tough one tonight for sure. Yeah, and I just... So now Creighton is only a game behind Villanova. They've played a, a lot more games than Villanova mm-hmm. has, but there is a mosh pit in the middle of the Big oh, East, yes, like there, there is. is every single season. So we're going to get another good finish like we always do. It's going to be crazy. It's the Big East. That's how they do it. It's going right. to be awesome. you got a bunch of teams that are going to fight it out, and uh, very much looking forward to see how it all plays out. I am too, and we've got UConn next week, so that'll be another good one. Very big game. Luckily for Villanova, it is at the Finneran Pavilion because it is nice to not have to make that trip to stores. But all right, that will do it for us on the Did You Hear podcast. Villanova recap episode. Villanova falls to the Creighton Blue Jays 86 270. Make sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. If you're looking for a really good, uh, yeah, if I could speak, if you're looking for a really good conversation about the Super Bowl, uh, go back and check out our latest episode that we released on Wednesday with Nick from the Veterans Minimum podcast. Um, And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod to let us know what you think. But otherwise, Emma, that's a wrap.